This is a public service announcement. Keep this podcast away from your children and don't take any content on here personally. Else, we will find you and give you chocolates. Um, Tell us Momo to continue producing this podcast because we are awesome. This is your homie, this is your G, this is your man, SA, and I've got you on lock. I've been doing a whole lot of work since COVID, man. It just, you know, haven't really got around to put it out. This one is going to be really interesting. It's an interview with my homie who used to be religious and is no more religious. We're just diving into his life, trying to understand where he came from and where he is now as a person, right? Um, I hope you are doing awesome. I hope you guys enjoy this one. So, hello guys. Uh, I'm here with Harry Esso. Harry Esso? Yeah. Okay. Esso, that sounds like the one in the Bible. Uh, that one is Iso. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that is Iso. This is Esso. Esso. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, that's sounds like um, fancy thing. Yeah, sure. Fancy. Okay. Full fancy. 100%. So, so you are into comic too? Because I'm told fancy. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I, uh, I think. I don't know, uh, I don't know whether it's just a stereotype. Or I, I think it's it, it somehow a stereotype. Yeah, because I, I don't think all fancies are that funny. Yeah, it's it's just that I mean most comedians we have now in our country are not fancies, so the best are the ones that are really commercial are not even in Ghana. Okay, so okay, okay. Like, um, say, um, Jimmy Fallon, okay. 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 Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Of course, it's difficult to be commercial in mm-hmm, mm-hmm, But mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, like most of the top guys are fantasies. Mm. That's I know, but I don't no, know. but the big names we have in Ghana here who do comedies, yeah, most KSM, of them are not um, KSM, the KODs, the, the uh, what do you call it, the OBs. They are they are all not Ghana uh, fantasies. Mm. Cool. Anyway, then let's just say it's a stereotype. So you have no jokes there. Uh, not really, not really. Maybe they might come later. <laughs> While, whilst we are going, they might come later. I used to believe that jokes, man. <laughs> so, um, I knew Harry since I was in primary school. Mm-hmm. So, um, I knew Harry through a friend. I think 
the first time we met you, be on WhatsApp, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Back, like, 2013, mm-hmm. 2012, 2012 day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, I don't know, man. And we met, like, just twice. Just, just <laughs> twice. Just twice. Just twice. Just twice. Just twice. I tell you. Because I think most of the really dope people I met were online. Most people I knew my whole life. Mm-hmm. So, today's episode is mostly going to be about Harry, what his life has been going up, and where he is now, and what he plans to do with this country Ghana in the future. <laughs> yeah, you know, because I think um, I think one thing most people forget in history is that entrepreneurs actually became paysetters for even government life. Sure. Uh, even technocrats really because mm-hmm. most of the technocrats were not like entrepreneurs they were just mm-hmm. like okay let's do this let's build this car let's let's build that house or mm-hmm. let's build this railway and so I was like no it's not just about building the railway let's build it all the way to this place mm-hmm. I'll finance it that kind of thing and then after the government looked into that idea they realized that if they didn't put their money into it they would miss out on the long term sure sure so um, I mostly see some form of change coming from entrepreneurs or people who are trying to make some change somewhere mm-hmm. on their own. Sure. Yeah. So, sure. Um, anyway. <laughs> so, yeah. So, you should tell us about your formative ages. How, where was Henry born? Who is Henry, first of all? And where was he born? And, you know, all okay. the activities. I really know. Okay. So, um, he was from the two because <laughs> <laughs> I was I was not born uh, okay yeah, through yeah. the natural process you know, I, okay I kept for a bit, like, I don't know in an incubator yeah, oh okay so, wow yeah, that, that's so cool I came out like in the eighth month or seventh month and I had to be kept for a bit wow wow yeah that's uh, interesting I didn't know about that uh, so like 20 or something wow I saw some pictures in some diaries uh-huh <laughs> <laughs> that was you. <laughs> okay, so yeah, so I mean, Harry, Harry is a, I'm a nurse, as you know, and um, right now my permanent place of work is the Children's Hospital in Accra, and I do part time at other places as well. You know, in Ghana, <laughs> as a nurse, you can't survive on <laughs> on just one 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 income. So that's I do my sad hustles at other places as well. So um, I I grew up mostly at Enyandintra because that's where my dad comes from, and um, we stayed mostly with my grandma because my dad was uh, at Oboase hustling. So we we had to stay with our grandma for a long time. So when I was around class three, then we moved to Oboase, stayed there till I was around class six there. Then we moved back to Mankesim. And that's where I stayed till I completed my SHS. And I moved to Accra after SHS. So um, I am from a strictly third generation Jehovah's Witness background. So yeah, so we, 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 I, was, I was very active, has been very active since I was born till recently, of course. And then uh, I, I entered the nursing profession earlier because I was thinking about what's the easiest way to 
finish school and get a job. That's that's how it started for me, because I was looking at my background. I was thinking, well, you can't go and do some program that you end up with no job for for like four years, five years after school. So it was the easy path for me. Like, I mean, if you pass through there, you know that you are secured or you are guaranteed your job once you complete. And so. But how about secondary school? Secondary school, yeah. So um, I went to Burmese Kumar Secondary School. Secondary school, secondary school was the best part of my life, if I should say, because the thing is, because I was from that straight home, most of my life I wasn't being too exploitative. I was I was a bit quelled somewhere somehow. But then in secondary school, because I was in a boarding house, the whole place we were just amongst ourselves as students and all that so there was opportunity for you to learn new things things that you had never encountered when you were under your parent roof and all that it was really a fun time for me my most fun moments in my life has always been when i think back at the time i was in shs it was really when in boarding house it was really fun I found myself in the best house in the school also, a Suman house. That was house three in okay. Burmese Kumar Secondary School. It was really fun. Okay, so, house yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I, I ended up having brothers after school because of how we were relating to each other and all that. It was really fun in secondary school. I mean, it, it was it was really great. I the, the the fun that I had was not because you know the usual fun that people have in SHS like having girlfriends and all those things no I I didn't have a girlfriend I didn't know women even after I completed SHS but the fact that I was in the mix of the guys we were having our own fun our own way talking teasing each other learning from each other the mistakes people did and how we we recovered how we how we actually learn to manage our own life in that small space that's that's what makes made it fun for me so yes shs was really fun primary school secondary school it was it was it was really fun it was so, really fun uh, i think i think for for most people that that's the case because mm-hmm. um, for me secondary school was my my gateway to a lot of things mm-hmm. first of all like i felt like i was weird when i was in jesus because i was okay. a lot i didn't have a lot of friends Okay. A lot of people consider me weird because mm-hmm. of the things I say. Mm-hmm. Like I can't have questions about like. You you know I I, I I first time I met you I thought you were weird. You know yeah. why? <laughs> so so I remember I I always keep telling people they they ask me okay so how how did you end up I mean somebody from this straight Jehovah's Witness kind of background how did you end up with this this weird mindset because they think. How I think right now is is kind of out of the ordinary. So I told them that okay, you know what? That's what I thought the first time I met some guy. So when I met you, we were having a conversation. You know our normal December outing. Yeah. I think after that we've only had one again. We we've never yeah, really no, had any. You didn't even show up for that one as well. Yeah. yeah. So ah. It, so we were having normal conversation we had this guy jeff he's more of a pastor so he was having conversations about god and all that then you were like okay do you guys know more about 
Kwame Nkrumah or Bob Marley, the way you know about God, then I was like, what kind of weird question is that? <laughs> How does that relate to what we are even talking about in the first place? Then everybody was a bit a bit silent then after you asked the question, but we kind of continued the conversation because nobody was willing to even go into that realm exactly and engage that kind of conversation. Then when I when I go home, I was like, you know what? I think um, my curiosity maybe <laughs> I said, you know what? I think I want to know more of why this guy even asked this question in the first place. So that was when we started engaging, and then you said, okay, you know what? Most of your questions could be answered if you join this page and then ask them the questions that you have. And in fact, they were really helpful. So yes. Weird, Nadia. I think if if your people as HHS thought that you were weird, I think it's true because I thought you were weird the first time I met you. Yeah, but it wasn't it wasn't just about religion. It's mostly about what young people in general were interested in at the time. You okay. see, in Genesis, most of the things guys were interested in was if it's not going to be about some game, mm-hmm. it's going to be about some girl. Yeah, sure. Or it's probably going to be partly about football, mm-hmm. and that's it. Like. Mm-hmm. For me, I was reading some books, I was reading history, and about okay. some places and their culture and kind of things going okay. on. And I'm curious, like, don't you guys know what's going on in, say, Asia or something? Uh-huh. Like, uh-huh. like this kind of <laughs> They'll be like, who cares? Like, <laughs> like, who cares what's happening what in Asia? <laughs> Why should those people's issues uh-huh, be, be my issue? Yeah. yeah. And also, like, even just current issues in Ghana, like, mm-hmm, young mm-hmm, guys, mm-hmm. no one cares, no one mm-hmm. listens to the news. But for me, because I didn't have any friends, Okay. And in my house, like my parents were very strict. The only thing you get to watch is the news on TV. You okay. don't get to watch anything else. Okay. And also the movies you watch, you watch it on like festive period, like it's just some and mm-hmm. it's mostly science based. Ho- home alone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> home alone we didn't get to watch until like I was like secondary school. Wow. Like, yeah. Those, most of the movies I watched, like big time movies mm-hmm. I watched were mostly mm-hmm. in secondary school because I was no boys. Okay, sure, and, sure. Like they show movies throughout, mm. uh, or like from Saturday, Saturday morning to okay. saw movies. Wow! So you choose whether to be with the movie guys mm-hmm. or you go and dance. Okay. So that was it. Mm-hmm. Like, kind of, that was the ish. Like either you want to dance or you, or want, you to, want to watch you movies. Watch all day. Okay. And if you have a football match, like Ghana has a football mm-hmm. match, mm-hmm. it's a holiday in our school. Wow! Even if it's on a Monday, it's a holiday. And wow! Pass and tell you guys actually. That's it. Today, so yeah. <laughs> uh, he's an old student, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, so okay. No, okay. No class. Wow. So we all just gather with the teachers. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. So we all wait Yeah, before we jump in and continue this interview, I just would like you guys to know that this music you're listening to, all the music on this podcast, was actually brought to you by Big Math IO. They are the studio we record this podcast in. Um, of course, I record it and produce it myself. But then, yeah, <laughs> most of these records on this project are from engineers that do come to the studio often. So, you know. 
just in case you're planning to do some amazing project music whatever it is just hit big math io and they'll sort you out big time they also do home versus they can come to your house record for you guys amazing stuff right you don't need to walk to the studio or take a car whatever just chill at home let them sort you out at home how about that for service amazing huh so let's jump in back on the interviews yeah let's go Then I moved back from from all the way from Ankesim to to my cousin who was staying at Teshi. So okay. I moved to Kantamanto a bit. At the time, he was selling at Kantamanto. So I moved there to to join him on the market. So that's where we started selling stuff. We we sold shoes, blanks. At that time, it was a thing. Yeah. yeah. Then we sold watches and stuff, all, all this stuff. So I mean, it was it was cool. So that was on the hustling field. So I spent like two years over there on the hustling field, and that's 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 when I started experiencing life itself. Because SHS, I would say, was just full of fun, just fun, me having fun, exactly. So when I came out and then I moved from my dad's end and then I came to the hustling field where I was on, with my cousin alone that was that was where I started experiencing life started getting that so so that's that's why sometimes when I talk about people suffering and all that I feel a bit emotional because I saw it on the hustling field yes real life people who are going through a lot a lot of them of our friends were sleeping on the on the slacks at Cantamanto that's where that's where they sleep that's where they they, they everything of this is there so it, 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 it's it and these are some of them are really smart i mean the most creative minds i saw were at their at that place and most of them now their lives have been wasted and all that some have died those who have smoked so they are they are you can't even identify them anymore and all that they, they, all those lives has been wasted all because I feel the system isn't really working. If if systems were actually working well, most of them would have would have been productive. I mean, would have been a productive part of our society. But unfortunately, it, it, it's not happening that way. So yeah, so that that's it. So from the hustling field, then I moved to the nursing training school at Teshi. That's where I did my my first training, and then after that, I was posted and. It has been one hustle after the other <laughs> since then. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, yeah. Um, it sounds very interesting. I mean, it's it's quite similar to mine. Just that mine, I'm like I'm compartmentalized, so I don't go out. I don't do anything, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's like with my family history, a lot of things change really fast over period okay so there was a period that i was like selling on the streets and all that there was that period it lasted for like a year and then there was a period where things just moved really fast okay because i think by then my mom was like the breadwinner oh okay like paying our bills and everything sure and my dad was like more into school like mm-hmm. mm-hmm. his PhD. and then i think after his phd his first phd then things kind of moved really fast from like one point to that because i think then there were not like a lot of phd people 
Mm-hmm. So when he had his first baby, he kind of got a job at Tech 7. He was teaching in the nursing school. Oh, he okay. Was, yeah, he was teaching. That was his first job. Mm-hmm. Like, real job. He mm-hmm. never worked. Mm-hmm. Was his Can you imagine? <laughs> that is serious. So yeah, yeah, it's kind of then. So back then too, there were periods where like Charlie money no days, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. vacation Charlie. You guys have to go and hustle. Exactly. Do something to go and sell. You guys mm-hmm. sell on the street. And, yeah, but then it really didn't last. And then I had to move on to the next thing. You know, like quickly to the next thing. And then before I realized we were living, we were staying in Ontario, and then we moved. Okay. We moved to oh, we okay. For like twenty-two years. Wow. Yeah, That's a long I'm time. Okay, not not this current. Okay, okay, okay. Twenty years, and I think for the first ten years we're living at my uncle's place. Oh, okay. Uncle's days around, so we're living with him, and then and then I don't know, like I think some deal we came and Mm -hmm. we just moved. We just got this place, and so this was the first house. Okay. So so where were you posted to the first time? So I was posted to Children's Hospital, PML. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, So how was that like? How was dealing with children? It was. It was. It was tough because. First of all, I didn't really like the children's side of nursing initially because I felt it's too much work. I mean, especially when, you know, kids, they, they are not speaking yet. So if, even if something is wrong with them, you are not able to know. So you have to now be racking your brain to know what's happening and all that. So I felt that is too much work. But with time, I was able to warm up to the whole thing and it was, it was, it, it was cool. I like kids though, but I don't know how it would be like working with kids in such an environment. It's it's really interesting. It's really interesting what happens. Yeah, but Mm -hmm. but any any interesting memories, like anything you look back to that happened there? Okay. How is it like the facility? Oh the facility is a very old place. It's we we celebrated our ninetieth anniversary like five years ago, so you can imagine. (laughs) Yeah. Started off as a as a malnutrition center. A research center for malnourished kids so that's where um the the princess marie louise is the she's the princess of some i think england or so okay. and then she came down to to fund the research and all that before they they they, they were able to so they that's where koshoko was actually named oh. you know the doctor that named koshoko came down to ghana here to do the research and then she named it koshoko so that's where that research was conducted and it came about. So we've been we've been around for a very long time. Even even before we were our grandparents <laughs> thought of giving giving birth. So it's been there. It's been there. Wow. But the place is, is is I mean they've they've added new buildings, but because we are in the middle of Accra, the space is quite small. So they, they are trying to now put up new facilities and all that. But it's it's quite okay. Right. Any, anything, any experience with any of the kids? Uh, so, the thing is, there are certain times you end up being attached to a kid because of how peculiar their conditions are and, 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 and how you, you tend to give attention to that particular kid. So, you end up being a bit attached and all that. Some of them, they will, they will even go, when they come for review, they will be coming to look for you and all that because of how you related to them and all that. But it's, it's, it's been generally cool. Unfortunately, I may not be able to give specific cause of confidentiality and all yeah, that. Yeah, so, that. yeah but so it's, it's been good. It's been I, good. I, I yeah. think I know of one uh, CSO. They are really into kids. Okay. But mostly 
special needs kids. Okay, okay. So they train them, and their school is for like regular kids too. Like so, they are, they mix them up. Okay. But then they have therapies. Okay, that take care of the the special ones. Okay. Because they don't want them because they feel like if they're in the environment where everyone is a special needs kids, they would. Like they they feel that yeah, it, it will be like they a. Have like a regular kids mm-hmm. with the, that's that's a good initiative. Okay. Okay. Kids from there. Okay. Wow. 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 Because the regular kids are coming from expensive. Wow. But also some people have special needs kids. Sure. 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 For that. Yes. 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 So those people are paying, and out of that money, they can get some too. Sure, sure. So sometimes they come to your place. To we we've been we've been collaborating with other. Uh, we 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 used to have this um, NGO that we we we, we created ourselves oh. among the nurses and some few medical personnel where we used to go to orphanage homes, uh, especially the one at Kaswa uh, Royal Seat. We we used to do medical screening for them every year and all oh. that. So yeah, we have yeah we have. Oh okay, yeah, yeah, I know. He's now a, a, an MP. He also has a CSO. Oh okay. That is really into that. Into and that. Oh okay. Like a non-profit, so mostly whatever they get, whatever support they get, they give to the kids. They have a lot wow. of kids under their care. Like wow. A lot of kids. Wow. Talking hundreds. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah. Yeah. you. That's great. That's the idea. That's great. And they also have special needs kids that they're taking care of. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so. Wow. I don't know where they get the kids. <laughs> there are a lot it's around. Like there there are a lot around. Like, there are a lot around. Serious. So, but where you are now, how is healthcare and how do you see healthcare in Ghana? Like the healthcare delivery. Okay, I I think um, I think if 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 you look at healthcare in general, it's there's been some progress. If you look at how it used to be and how it's going. Unfortunately, we are delaying in, we are a bit delayed when it comes to new trends. Okay, I had to go to a new facility uh, where I said I'm doing my side hustle to a cancer treatment center. So that's where I was able to experience some of the new te- technologies that are coming into the system that makes healthcare delivery easier and more more trusting than what we had so uh, uh, the government side is a bit slow in catching up i know due to fans and all those things it's it's, it's quite tedious but then all mismanagement all mismanagement as you as you as you rightly put it but i think i think we are catching up small small just that there are a lot of there are lots a lot to be done a lot to be done because i mean most of the I, I keep saying most of the deaths that happen in our facilities most of them are avoidable either either through the patients themselves their own way of handling the whole situation or when they get to the healthcare facility how the situation is handled so most of the death could be avoided could be avoided because um and 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 most of it is because of how our 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 mindset is our mindset plays a major role in this 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 shortfall 
because most conditions patients will go around find several solutions to it which are not medical before they get to the facility sometimes by the time they get to the facility it's 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 almost too late for you to do anything about it those who come early too due to the shortfalls in the system end up not getting the top topmost or top-notch care that they deserve and then they end up they end up passing on so yes the 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 the, the you can look at it from both sides both from the patient side and also when they get to the facility what happens in the facility it's it's we have a long way to go we have a long way to go okay so we've also learned that um, we've also learned from covid especially because i think most businesses and institutions have learned a lot from covid first of all like the tech industry they realize that a lot of people don't need to come to work just a total waste of money and time mm -hmm. and also their fears are not real for instance there are tech institutions that think like you need to show up at work because that's the only way you are going to be effective and sure. uh, productive mm -hmm. but in reality they realize that when COVID hit and these people they didn't have to come to work mm -hmm. productivity was way better exactly. <laughs> because they were doing things mm -hmm. like you know they get up they get the work done and they don't have to hustle or take your or nothing like that so a lot of people have learned a lot from COVID and we've also realized that the healthcare system, ecosystem has also learned something from COVID uh, through really like by learning that religion also plays a very huge role in healthcare delivery. Sure. First huge all, one. religion influences people's perception mm -hmm. on things even when it might not be true or otherwise. If a pastor says you need treatment, people are more likely to show up for it as compared to when a pastor says otherwise. Mm -hmm. So, um, how have you, because you are in there, yeah. I know there were some pastors who were like, they don't care about the COVID, mm -hmm. people shouldn't worry about it, mm -hmm. like, by Jesus and all that. <laughs> yeah, like, and people actually believe this, so they didn't really care. They were sharing the virus. So, how, how was the experience like at your end? In general, like during COVID and now, and how do you see the influence of religion on people's decision making? And what do you think mm -hmm. can really be done about this? Because mm -hmm. I think it's like a huge menace now. Yeah, 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 sure. It's a big problem. Sure. A lot of pastors even die from COVID mm -hmm. because of this. So. so, um, yes, religion actually plays a major role in people's perception about healthcare, whether they will even come to the hospital in the first place. I learned that there are even churches who don't allow their members to go to hospital because yeah. it's against the, the word of God. So yes, religion plays a major role. What what I think is what I think we should do is to is to look at our situation now and how best we can manage it. The thing is, we can't all of a sudden all of a sudden stop people from thinking the way they think. I mean, we can't, healthcare workers can't go around and tell people that, you know what, what your pastor is saying is not true. COVID is, is real. So be, protect yourself or do this or do this. No. No matter what you say, that's what they are going to do. So I think it is best that we incorporate what, what they think into our own way of delivery. So let's say if we have a church that says that okay the vaccine is not good so you are not supposed to take it 
or the vaccine is against the word of God, so you are not supposed to take it. I think we should find a way to make those people who believe in what the pastor is saying, we should find a way so that those people, we won't just cut them off just because they said no, they are not going to take it. We should devise ways and means that we can convince the leaders rather because honestly if you don't convince the leaders to understand what the vaccine is about how it was created how how what are the side effects what they should expect and all those things if if the leaders are not okay with it there's no way the members are going to agree so if you are able to put the leaders bring them together and then explain things well to them in a way that they will be able to understand that okay they said this and this is what the vaccine was produced from some are saying all sorts of things how the vaccine was produced and all that how the vaccine represents sex 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 and all those things you know so by by bringing these leaders church leaders and religious leaders on board and then trying to educate them on the real the real truths behind yes and the science behind how the vaccine was produced and all those things i think when they come on board the the what they call they say they call them flocks the flocks will follow yes so i don't i don't think religion and um, science can reconcile there was a point where they kind of did but now there's a huge divide between religious belief and science most humans, the humans themselves, mm-hmm. the flock or whoever mm-hmm. they are, generally will choose the science over the religion based on their knowledge. Okay. So, assuming you've been to school and you know how medicine works, mm-hmm. in general, you mm-hmm. accept medicine, right? Maybe it, it might you might only choose the religious bits in extreme situations. Okay. Right, as compared to like just generally not taking the science. So I think what's happening now is that most people in general are just picking the science over the religion in certain situations and justifying it by saying, oh, I'm not stupid, like, I know that this mm-hmm. is the way to go. This is the way to go. stupid enough to go for prayers where you can go for medicine, for instance. Uh, uh, Some people also try to sugarcoat it or try to make it sound reasonable, okay. justify it okay. by saying that, oh, you, I still believe in the prayers, but mm-hmm. I believe medicine works. So I'll pray while taking the medicine. Okay. So that okay. Faster, so okay. Un- un- unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, you'll be surprised the number of even healthcare workers who <laughs> believe in who believe in some of these things that the vaccines, the, the conspiracy theories about the vaccine and and where it comes from and all that. We have we have uh, uh, pages that rejoin as i mean facilities wards and other things and you'll be surprised some of the things that some people who are health workers will post on those pages who are supposed to know better who are supposed to know better like you said you you you've been to school you understand how medicine work you understand how these processes all all works yet they are they are more you know when it comes to matters of 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 religion people are kind of are kind of um they kind of block what they yeah, know the exactly they, they don't they be, they barely apply what they've learned because they will tell you that yes you've learned this all, but this one too is there mm, yeah. do, do you get it i have i have several several colleagues 
who will see who will see someone's condition and go like hey this is your condition i think you should look for some some other solution imagine somebody being sick coming to the hospital eh, for 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 medical attention and then hearing either a medical doctor or a nurse saying that this condition the uh, it doesn't look natural you've 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 killed the person's hope you've killed the person's hope but these things happen because apart from what the pe person have learned the person also you know you know beliefs are hard to hard to hard to get rid of if somebody believes in something it doesn't matter what they've learned it doesn't matter what they know as soon as that situation comes they are going they are likely to apply what they believe in rather than what they know is right okay so so yes so i'm just thinking so what's really the way forward because i don't think so the way forward is the way forward is now that we don't have we don't have i mean we don't have the education in place to to take care of some of these things i think we should incorporate them into into the setting if somebody like for me for instance if somebody if somebody who is under my care request that they need prayers or something for something they are suffering from i will gladly agree to that and encourage the person to do that that's because that's what the person believes in i don't think there should be this strict thing of not bringing the religion on board or or or, or bring it alongside healthcare because when it comes to healthcare i'm looking at what the patient what will make the patient feel better if it is prayer that will make the patient feel better i'm okay with it if it's the patient believing that through that prayer that is how the medicine will work i'm okay with it what i'm not okay with is the patient believing that the prayer alone is going to work do you get it so if i have somebody that is able to be a bit open-minded when it comes to that aspect that okay yes i can do the prayer but through that prayer i know this drug will work i'm willing to bring that person on board and then agree with the person and then go along with the person so that is that is how i think it should be that it shouldn't be it should, the two shouldn't be uh, mutually exclusive they should be able to exist in some way even though no matter how difficult it is the two should be able to exist coexist in some way that's what i think <laughs> yeah i mean uh, i think the human society in ghana has been trying to do a lot of work in that direction mm -hmm. they, they try to start a 10-year project and they try to do it with the kids okay but mostly it's not necessarily even about science it's about epistemology how to find out whether something is true okay or otherwise okay so once you teach someone to question things to know what the truth is they are more likely to be looking for the truth than to be to have, to be more accepting of anything they are told mm -hmm. even if it's the mm -hmm. truth they will still want to carry want it to carry it and out. yeah so if you tell them that okay um if you drink this water it will heal you mm -hmm. they will question it like what about this water mm -hmm. will heal me mm -hmm. what shows that this works it's not about oh there was a situation no we, it will not be that's not mm -hmm. something you can use mm -hmm. to justify a thing like that mm -hmm. things should be inferential you should be able to test that okay once we test a hundred people of malaria and we give them this drug it works 
not we've been using this drug and they help this one person that one time okay and that's it that, that's not how it works mm-hmm. so they'll be they'll easily question things guess what happened they drop most of the schools drop them out they were wow. not even there to talk about religion or anything they mm-hmm. were there to talk about truth how to find out how to find out what is true yeah so the, the kids are supposed to even the schools always bring out the curriculum mm-hmm. like what's the kind of things they can, they talk, can about. talk about yes so they were talking about just general beliefs like say um how do you call this thing? You know the story that Ghana and India. Yeah, 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 Those things. Like, okay. You okay. How you find out whether something is true? And okay. Also, uh, alternative medicine. Okay. Okay. So, okay. The so homeopathies and all those ones. But even with that, most they of the parents realized it. that it was going to be problematic because mm-hmm. if you teach the child to question things to find out what is true, mm-hmm. and you take the methods to do that, mm-hmm. used to do that, mm-hmm. the best methods. Mm-hmm. They are, they are willing to apply it to yeah, all, they are willing all, to apply yes. they will start applying it to everything. every aspect yeah sure so if you go and tell them that let's see for instance um, in the college church the wafer it's the blood or the mm-hmm. body of Christ mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. if you tell a kid that the kid who has learned epistemology you will question him like okay what, what about this is that can you like mm-hmm. you ask those questions mm-hmm. <laughs> and if you are able to answer, it's not going to believe it. Exactly. They might practice it, but it wouldn't believe you. They'd be like, nah, this can't be true. So he, true. he might end up justifying it that, oh, it's your belief. You believe that that's the case. But it is not really true. Because beliefs are not necessarily the truth. You can believe something, but it doesn't make it half true or even a bit yeah, true. Exactly. <laughs> so, exactly. So that's the problem. I, I, and the school are like, nah, this thing they're teaching these kids, they will help. Uh, uh, <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure there will be a problem. Because, yeah, so you know, you know what 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 i was listening to um one professor and he was like what we fail to do as humans most of the times is how to unlearn we 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 mostly concentrate on learning but we don't usually once in a while sit back and ask ourselves okay these conclusions i've drawn how how let me test it and see whether they are still applicable or they are even true. But we we are just interested in gathering information and then and then and then keeping them, but not really questioning those informations to know okay what what I've learned so far is it is it is it the truth? What where I'm going? Even in our career path, okay, I chose I chose to be I chose to be a nurse at this point. After a year or two, do I still want to do do the nursing? Is this really what I want? You understand? We don't. Once we are on it, we just go like that without really taking a retrospective thinking and knowing what whether it's true or not. So yeah, that's that's one problem. I was talking with one lady, one parent. She was saying that um, one of the things she has realized that people don't look into is parenting. Okay. They don't learn to be very No, 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 no. Yes, yes. Once you give him birth, it's automatic. But you don't learn to be very You don't learn the best practices. You don't. Nothing. Nobody goes to. I think we even pick it from our parents straightforward. Yeah, and we can pick the negative things. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. One of them is spanking. Okay. I've I've had issues, a lot of issues with people when it comes to that that topic. 
you know but you, have you looked into it have you looked into the psychology have you looked at the damage that it has done? i've had lengthy arguments people, with people on facebook yeah, when it comes to that people walking around damaged but they think spanking is what helped them people feel okay i was beaten yeah, now i'm right. fine i'm an engineer i'm this i'm this no, i'm right. doing great so that is fine you don't know how damaged you as a person from spanking serious so, so there's all that so we should say that one of the things people don't really even learn to do is parenting. Mm-hmm. So whilst, so for her in her case, she was saying that whilst being a parent, she still tries to learn. So she goes for conferences. Sure. Like go online to learn. People should even go to classes, get licenses before they start giving birth. That's <laughs> what I think. But that's my extreme mind. So. I mean, you shouldn't bring another human being to the world and not learn how to, how to bring up that person in, in to the benefit of society. Yeah, you think about it like this. The reason why you are allowed to mm-hmm. give injection or take care of another human being mm-hmm. is because you're going to learn exactly. the trade, know how it works before actually practicing it. Exactly. So think about the child mm-hmm. that you are bringing up. That's a whole, a, a whole bigger, bigger responsibility. Yeah. Just a one-time person showing mm-hmm. up once in a while. Mm-hmm. So this is a bigger responsibility. Yeah. It requires some mm-hmm. Like you can't just get mm-hmm. up, have a child, and, and then that's it. Yeah, young court. Nah, <laughs> you should. It's so sad, I agree with what you're saying, but it's just that we don't have any system controlling anything like oh, that. Oh so yeah, it's something people should generally consciously make an effort mm-hmm. to do themselves. But yeah, so there's that. So anyways. <laughs> Any final words though? Okay, so um or anyways from you. I should <laughs> So yeah, I think our healthcare system needs needs I think overhauling. <laughs> we need to we need to we need to we need to really look at it again, reshape it again, and then make people fail us not just okay i have headache i've been to the hospital i'm fine and then that's it like it should be really looked into and then really assessed well so that we can match up with so that our politicians will even go out for 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 healthcare and they are they are are the people if i'll put the blame i'll give them about 80 percent why the system is like that unfortunately i do not know where you are at this time and um, i don't know your time zone so i hope you're having the best weekend or weekday and i hope you enjoy this podcast there's a bonus edition of this which uh, is going to be in the description below have an amazing life and live your best life now because there's no extra when it's done. Cheers.